Welcome to Biohacking Her Way, where each week we'll dive deep into the world of biohacking, exploring cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and practical tips to help you optimize your health, balance your hormones, and unleash your true potential. My name is Abby, and I am your host, so let's dive in. I am so excited to share this with you that I am literally jumping out of my seat right now but I've been keeping a secret up my sleeve and it's time for you to know because the holiday season is here and I know how tempting all those holiday treats can be and you're probably thinking, no, I'm going to be good this year and I'm not going to indulge as much or you're going to end up overindulging and feeling guilty about it. But I have your holiday BFF where you get to have the best of both worlds where there are no more skipping desserts or avoiding that tempting cocktail because I have created the Indulge Guilt-Free, the ultimate holiday survival guide. And it's going to be your secret weapon to conquering the festivities like a pro while keeping those festive spirits high. What you can expect to find in this guide is helpful tips and strategies to make sure that you're enjoying the holidays without feeling guilty You'll get my three-step secret on how you can enjoy the holidays and all the treats that have come with it without putting on that extra weight, feeling your most confident in all of the outfits that you plan to wear without having to worry about, is that going to button back up? 15 recipes from appetizers, main dishes, side dishes, desserts, and cocktails that are all gluten-free and can be made dairy-free, and non-alcoholic. There's over 40 pages in this PDF, guys, that will leave you saying, holy shit, I cannot believe it's only $7. That's right, literally only $7. I wanted to make this as affordable as possible so you can enjoy the holiday spirit and holiday treats without having that guilt and go into 2024 feeling like the healthiest and most confident version of yourself. So, I got that linked below for you, so make sure you check it out. Now let's get into today's episode. On this week's episode, we are welcomed by guest Ava Hooft, who is a holistic detox coach and emotional release facilitator. After years of being disconnected from her own body, dealing with an eating disorder and years of health issues, she now focuses on getting people back in touch with their body and intuition while infusing a mixture of Western and Eastern modalities, such as intestinal, gallbladder and liver flushes, emotional release work, meditation and subconscious programming, breath work, as well as detoxes and remineralization. Grab your notes, grab your pen and paper because you're in for a treat. Ava, welcome to Biohacking Her Way. I'm super pumped to have you on here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and I'm really excited for this conversation. Yeah, I was looking at your Instagram the other day. You posted one with talking about different parasites and I feel like I've been seeing that so much on my feed. So I'm super excited to dive in kind of to that and to detoxing and our liver and an emotional storage is kind of way as well and how that affects us as a whole. But kind of give the, us the background of how you even got started in this and what inspired you to go down this journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I originally started in the health and wellness industry because I was modeling for 10 years. So um, obviously not the healthiest industry to be in. <laughs> so, um, I think I really just struggled. Obviously I had an eating disorder and I went from like just struggling with digestive issues that I got after, you know, changing diet after diet and, um, just having such an unhealthy relationship to food. Mm-hmm. I 
recognized that there was so much work for me in that, that I kind of embarked on this journey. And then that journey became so exciting and really inspired me to help other people with that. So that was kind of my intro into health and wellness and um, mostly like nutrition related stuff. And then as you just like with any industry, right? You kind of open a door and then there's another door and another one. And so I just mm-hmm. kept expanding into that. And I, I first was like all focused on the body, um, specifically when I, I had an eating disorder and I was in the modeling industry, it was all like, I need to lose weight and I'm going to count my calories and I have to be on a low fat diet. And I just saw health, um, in such a black and white way. And then obviously that led into all my health symptoms that caused me to really look into what does it mean to actually be healthy and what does it mean to glow from the inside out and um, really understand the damage that I was doing to my body with not only my physical um, my physical things, but also with like my emotional and my mental stuff that was going on, like the, the, the words that I was telling myself and um, just the emotions that I wasn't able to express. And so that kind of led me into more of the holistic health path that I'm on right now. Oh, I love that. And I love the, it's almost the common denominator of every guest that I've had of what's inspired you. You got started on the journey. It's your own personal journey because that's, that's exactly the same thing for me. It's, you almost have to go so far to the other spectrum of everything's black and white. You know, this is what I think health's supposed to be, even though it's not healthy at all. It's just, (laughs) I mean, especially the, the low fat, low consumption of calories, all these things. I feel like that was a big topic of conversation in a sense of the eras that we kind of grew up in where now it's kind of shifting a lot into more of back to the natural remedies, which I think is a really beautiful experience that we're diving into. And so I'm curious in regards, because you do talk a lot about, um, well, I kind of just want to dive into the parasites. I feel like (laughs) naturally I'm going to have so many questions come up, so I don't want to beat around the bush. I just kind of want to dive into it. So your post, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, talking about parasites. So tell us for people who are listening, they're like, oh, there's no way I have parasites. Talk about the different ways that we can get parasites and what that does to the body. Yeah, absolutely. So parasites is something that I, um, I discovered not too long ago, like how severe people can have parasite infestations and, um, why I stumbled upon it myself is because as I was on this healing journey and I started detoxing and specifically, uh, which that same post was also talking about, you know, getting out, mucoid plaque, which is like a buildup in our small intestine and really like a perfect environment for parasites to, you know, thrive and breed. And, um, then obviously getting into my liver and flushing the liver and I started flushing the liver and obviously, you know, there's the gallstones that come out and and I'm sure we'll get into this in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But at one point I started flushing out all these, these weird things. And I was like, what am I flushing out of my liver? And so it turned out that I was flushing out hundreds of parasites and it was so gnarly and so hundreds. Yeah. Like flush after flush, it was like more and more. And then the eggs came and the parasites. And it was like, it was the most spiritual experience I've ever been through because I was like, it's like, when you realize that all that low vibrational stuff is in your body, you are like, no wonder I have depressive thoughts. No wonder I'm not fully feeling alive and vibrant in my body. It's like, they're literally feeding on your life force energy, which is, you know, your bioflow, like the ability to digest fat and to like, just your, your ability to detox everything that's coming in, whether that's, you know, emotional, physical, and 
it was like just so much stagnation. So that was when I first really got into like serious parasite cleansing, because I was like, if this is me and I'm one of the most healthy people out there, then what are other people that have no idea that this is even in their bodies? Like what do their environments look like? Right. And, um, yeah, I just like started like researching so much and diving really deep into where parasites actually come from. And I know people are always like, well, I'm vegan and I don't get parasites and I don't eat meat or I don't eat raw fish. And it turns out that actually so many parasites just come from like, I don't know, like everyone has different opinions on like where, what the most common cause is. But I know Mm -hmm. that like, if you walk barefoot, you know, they come through, they enter through the bottom of your feet. (laughs) And like, if you have cats and dogs, like they're in the stool. So if you have a dog that's running around on your bed and like, it's in your bed, it's on the floor, it's everywhere, right? Like if you wear your shoes inside the house, like that's how you can get them. It's if you have fruits and vegetables that you don't properly wash with like um, baking soda or something like that, like they're eggs and they're so small. It's like, we, we can't really see them. And the one thing I'll say is that people demonize parasites, but I'm like, parasites have been here longer than we have. Like, right. it's not, it's not that they're uncommon. In fact, they're always going to be inside of us. They're always going to live among us. I think that the problem is that our bodies are so weak and toxic and already have this like low vibrational state that they just thrive in our environment. So really what I started switching is instead of like, obviously you can focus on like, you know, not eating raw fish every single day and and minimizing your exposure and washing your fruits and vegetables. But I don't think we can ever, um, avoid parasites. I think really what we should be doing is creating an environment that doesn't have, you know, this thriving environment for parasites. And so that's really where I became focused on. So although I do do parasite lenses with clients that I actually feel like it's necessary for, and for everyone it's necessary at some point in their lives, but most people, you know, there's like a whole first like foundational protocol we need to go through to even get to parasite cleansing. Um, but you know, if people want to do that in the programs, great, we can address that, but it's more about like, how can we actually change the environment so that if you do get in contact with parasites, they're not thriving and they're not investing your liver. And so, um, yeah, there's just kind of like two different ways to look at it in that sense. Yeah. I have two dogs and two cats, so I'm probably due for a parasite cleanse. I've never actually done anything like that. So, and I walk around barefooted a lot, so I know I'm probably due for one. Um, or some kind of like detox, flush, whatever it is. But you mentioned um, parasites being in the body and them being so low vibrational and making us have those depressive thoughts or maybe, you know, maybe anxiety is tied to that, whatever it is, low vibrational feeling. How how is that possible? How is that tied together? Yeah, so there's like the gut-brain connection, right? And so um, parasites literally can, I mean, they – they can even get into your brain. They can control your, your, your thoughts, your brain. I've heard like, that. I'm yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's a little scary to think about. Yeah. I mean, it's not just parasites. It's also bacteria. I mean, right. we think that we think that we are the host of our bodies, <laughs> but we're really not. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's like, we're just living in these bodies that are hosts to like thousands of microorganisms, right? Like we have our microbiome, which is literally controlling our thoughts. And so if you have an unhealthy microbiome, then uh, like for me, like I see so many links and I know that right now, like a lot of research is coming out around this as well, that like, 
if you have depression, if you have anxiety, like usually the cause is actually in the gut. And so if you can change the gut and actually have, you know, more microbes that secrete like serotonin and dopamine and like make you feel good and feel happy, your mind will literally be completely different. You'll have happy thoughts. You're not having these depressive thoughts. And I notice this, like anytime I'll go through feeling, even like when I'm backed up, right? Let's say I'm traveling and I can't, you know, like I'm eating different and I'm not in my right environment and I'm not tuning in with my body and I'm getting into like these old habits and I don't have proper digestion for a few days. Mm -hmm. My entire mood shifts, like everything in my life looks a little darker. It's a little more clouded. I can't think straight. I'm not in my flow state. So it's the same thing with parasites. It's like, you know, they control our sugar cravings. They're, they're really smart. (laughs) You know, they're like, they know how to perfectly like control the host. And so it's just, it's like that with anything that's out of balance in our bodies. And I, I think that, you know, you can look at it on a very, like in a very scientific way and see, you know, what are they actually excreting? Like, how are they controlling our brain? I like to look at things more globally and just say that whatever is interfering with our alignment and that that is just causing chaos. So it could be heavy metals. It could be mineral deficiencies. It could be parasites. It could be thoughts, right? Like if we have negative thoughts constantly playing in our heads, then like our bodies just respond to that. So yeah, I, it's, it's an interesting way to look at things for sure. Definitely. And so I guess, are the parasites kind of eating like any of the good bacteria or like how, I guess I'm curious in the sense of like in the gut, like how are they completely fucking that up? So then it kind of ruins our mindset and makes us have some of those dark thoughts. Yeah. So that's a great question. I don't fully know how it works. I I haven't been diving in too deep into like the actual science of like what exactly they're secreting. Um, Uh but they obviously feed on sugar. So, you know, if you have like a high sugar or high carb diet, um, they have a lot to eat on same with like candida and, and yeasts and stuff like that. I'm not against carbs. Like my, my, my diet consists mainly of carbs. So I don't really think that the, I don't think the answer is a low carb diet. I just think the answer is, um, you know, doing periodic cleansing and just like making sure that, you know, you, you don't overexpose yourself to these things, but they basically just, I think they just like send out messages. They secrete like certain toxins, things like that. Like I know that for example, when you start killing off parasites, mm-hmm. um, you can get really bad Herx reactions because they're secreting so many toxins. Um, and so it's actually a good question. I, I'm going to look into that in terms of like how they actually end up controlling our minds. Um, so yeah. yeah cause I feel like I've heard a lot about this. I listened to one podcast episode that, um, what's his name? Shevin, the owner of Symbiotica. And he mm-hmm. talked a little bit about it, but he's very advanced in the sense where I was like, my, my mind could not wrap my head around the parasites. And I think the more and more that I'm seeing it, because it's just, it's so interesting to me to think about how they can come through your feet. Animals yeah. make sense and everything. And then they just start taking over your body yeah. and your brain and your gut. And I'm just like, there's something there that almost feels like an alien style movie of like these little mm-hmm. creatures taking mm-hmm. over your, your home yeah. planet. Yeah. Um. So I think that's why it's all, a lot of this are to connect the dots, but I still have so many questions around it. So yeah, if you find out that answer, definitely let me know. Um, but you mentioned you started to, you were doing your own kind of like detox and I believe you said liver flush and that's how you just discovered your parasite. So walk us through like why we should do liver flushes and what that would even look like. 
Yeah. So, um, it kind of all starts with the intestines, right? Because the one thing that a lot of people in this industry don't do, and specifically with parasite cleansing, like if you're listening right now and you're like, I want to do a parasite cleanse, I highly advise against starting with parasite cleansing. If you have no idea what you're, what's going on, because the body has a different, you know, different steps that you need to prioritize. And obviously first it means just prioritizing drainage. Like if you're not having proper drainage and you're doing a parasite cleanse, those toxins have nowhere to go. And this is when you hear horror stories as well, like parasites coming out of people's eyes, out of people's ears, out of their nose, because it's actually a real thing. That's not just something in the movies. No, it's not something in the movies. It's it's like when you don't, when you don't have proper drainage. So let's say that your intestines are backed up, your liver is backed up, your lymphatic system is backed up. Then like you're detoxing parasites systemically, like from your brain and other organs, where are they going to go? Like, you know, mm. and so then they have to get out. And so this is when you get really bad Herx reactions. Um, so for a lot of people, this is where you see, you know, a lot of like breakouts and anxiety and and hives and eczema. So there's always going to be a little bit of Herx, but you really want to minimize it as best as you can and in a really healthy body with proper drainage, you shouldn't have crazy, crazy reactions. So what I focus on first is how do we get the body to have proper drainage, right? And that is really where it starts with the intestines because just like the modern day society that we live in and we're cooking all of our foods and we're eating processed foods and we're exposed to toxins and we're eating foods that are creating a lot of mucus, we're constantly swallowing this mucus and creating this plaque from like different bacteria And so this buildup, um, ends up in our small intestine. So we have this thing called mucoid plaque. And if you've never done a mucoid plaque lens before, you will have mucoid plaque. I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care if you're, what exactly is that? Yeah. So it's, it basically consists of dried mucus, um, undigested food, biofilms, um, just waste matter, like, you know, like fecal matter that is really dry and old. And so what this does is it coats the the lining of the small intestinal walls. And actually it, it can be really damp. So like, if you hear, hear about like internal dampness in, in like Chinese medicine, for example, that can really be like this, like damp, um, plaque essentially that's there. And so, Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, you know, this, this wet and moist environment is really like an environment where dysbiosis or candida or, um, parasites can thrive. So that's like the first step in, in removing the environment is actually removing the plaque and the biofilms and the biofilms is where parasites lay their eggs. It's where they live. So, you know, instead of attacking the parasites, the first step is to remove their home. And when you remove their home, you automatically can flush out some of them, which is how I did it. Right. Like I never got into parasite cleansing, but I, I, I flushed out and killed hundreds of them by just removing their home environment or like shaking up their home. Um, and so you first essentially go through a mucoid plaque cleanse and, and I work with specific kits that are um, designed to effectively remove this and safely remove this and practice that with my clients. And after you cleanse the intestines, then you get to the liver. So then you do liver flushes, which again, um, with the way that we eat and the world that we live in and just, you know, the various practices that we have nowadays, all of our livers are toxic and they need a flush temporarily or periodically. So during a liver flush, um, you flush out gallstones, coagulated bile, um, parasites, toxic bile sludge. Some people it's like a thick and sandy paste. 
Um, and this really just blocks the bile ducts. So it, it doesn't allow bile, which is our digestive fluid to properly flow. And so this is when you see symptoms like indigestion, food sensitivities, the inability to digest fat. If you see people with skin issues, hormonal issues, like most of that is actually somewhat connected to liver congestion. Uh, it's because the filtration doesn't properly happen in the liver. Um, cause we also detox, um, estrogen through our bile. We detox copper, we detox heavy metals. So, you know, if the bile doesn't go anywhere, it just stays in the liver. And this is when we get, you know, liver inflammation enlarged liver, like fatty liver disease. So it's, why we should cleanse the liver is literally because if you want to be healthy for the rest of your life, then that's where it starts, right? It's like, we have to give our biggest filtration system some love. And I do want to, you know, say that detoxing the liver can, you can do that in many ways. You can do a lot more gentle practices. And I think that people that have certain symptoms or they have nervous system stuff going on or adrenal stuff, like I like to really focus on more of the nourishment and remineralization before even moving into something like that, because it can be a lot on the body, but the relief that you feel from a liver flush is it's unheard of. Like I have had full psychedelic experiences from doing liver flushes and my body really? just being like, yeah, like crazy and waking up the next day and like crying from gratitude. And like, like you're on, on, like full mushrooms. Like I was like, find me all the color, like, like nature's uh, way of hitting a, a nice yeah. little state right there. It's like breath work, <laughs> but better. <laughs> exactly. It feels like the same feeling you have after you do like a deep breath work journey where like, you kind of feel like tingly and all the colors are brighter and you can smell better and you feel more alive. Like that is, if you, like you can get to states where like that just last for days on end. And that's really when the body is just like thriving and it's in flow. And obviously, you know, the healing journey isn't all rainbows and unicorns and there's going to be cleanses after which you feel like absolute shit because your body is letting go of so many toxins. But yeah, I have like, I've reached those states and I was like, wow, like this is what it's supposed to feel to be alive. And it was, it's amazing. And, uh, even in those moments that are really hard and any kind of like healing journey, whether it's like detoxing emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever that might be. It's like even the really hard moments, like afterwards there is the light and you're like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. Like, this is what I wanted to feel like. Cause even yeah. in like my own like healing journey with psychedelic medicine, sober, whatever it is. Um, like sometimes you just got to cry it out, but after a good cry, you're like, that was nice. That's, that yeah. was, that's what I needed. That was the cleansing I needed. Um, so I guess like in regards of like the liver flushing, so are you, this is a little bit of like a TMI question, but I'm sure other people are wondering this as well. Mm -hmm. Are you peeing this out? Are you pooping this out? Like what is, are you vomiting this out sometimes? Like, you know, what does that cleanse process look like? Totally. So I think a lot of people, when they hear the word stones, they confuse it for kidney stones, which is, you know, known to be really painful. This is completely right. different. So, um, the gallbladder is obviously, um, it empties in the intestinal tract. So you're pooping them out. You don't feel it. It's not painful. It's actually, yeah, you don't feel it at all. But so the day after you do a liver flush, your bowels will be completely empty because you're, you're emptying the bowels the day before the liver flush by taking, you know, nat natural laxatives, 
And, um, so whatever comes out, is just what you release from the liver. So you'll literally see green stones coming out for some people. It's more of like a brown, sandy, thick paste with the stones inside, depending on how thick your congestion is and how severe the congestion is. Um, so yeah, it's not painful. You, you just release it through, you know, your, your stools. Cool. That sounds very easy and simple then. Sounds less right. intimidating. Yeah, it's it's not as intimidating. However, it can be very it can like it can be a lot. For example, when you have a lot of liver congestion, because the process looks like essentially taking stuff that uh, softens the stones, it widens the bile ducts, then you empty out your intestines to like really have like a clear path for the toxins and the stones to go somewhere. And then you drink a really large amount of fat, which is essentially what flushes the, the gallbladder and bile ducts. But if you're having such severe congestion, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, like if you eat a really, really fatty meal, you kind of feel nauseous. Like imagine if you just drink a, you know, like a big cup of olive oil, if your body is like, hold on, I cannot digest this. Right. It'll try to throw it back up. So there have been, you know, like my first cleanse, I was really nauseous and you'll just feel like a bad hangover the next day. It feels like you just had like 10 glasses of wine because that is (laughs) the amount of toxins that your body is trying to get rid of and process. So, you know, usually after a few hours, the first, the day after that clears up and you actually feel better, but it's not uncommon to feel nauseous and to kind of like, it's like a deep emotional process for sure. Mm. It sounds kind of like a, like a combo, combo, the, the frog, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? I've never done it. I have many friends that have, um, and I hear their purging experiences. That's kind of what has steered me away because, you know, as you say, like, it's kind of like a hangover at this time in my life. I don't have a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, From what I've heard, combo is like, it's gnarly. This is not like that. (laughs) It's like, I'm like, why would you ever want to do that? I understand there's like a lot of healing behind it, but yeah, yeah, it's the frog's toxin that Mm -hmm. you're putting into your body to like cleanse all this shit out. But I'm like, that does not sound enjoyable, but yeah, I don't get hung over very often at this point in my life anymore, but years and years ago I did. And I'm the worst hungover person. I think the last time I was like really hungover was after a friend's wedding in December last year in Key West of all places too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know I'm sick like all day. Like I am because alcohol so that, doesn't respond well to my body. The, the toxins behind of, of liver, it. That's actually a sign of liver toxicity. Oh, so, good, good, good. Great. Yeah. Cause, cause- <laughs> Cause here's like the, there's like this toxic bucket theory, which I really agree with. It's kind of like when, you know, you have so much toxicity in your body, then like one drop can like, you know, spill the whole, the whole bucket. And I am a firm believer that, you know, when we used to drink, when we just, you know, we were young, we had a healthy body. And for some people that, you know, even got really bad hangovers when they were really young, you can, you can be born and have a toxic liver. Like it, you know, it can happen through genetics and have liver congestion, but let's say that you used to be able to handle alcohol pretty well when you're like 16, 18, and then it starts getting worse and worse. It's not because you get older. It's just because your liver gets more toxic. So it can handle the toxins less well. Like it has nothing to do with age. It's like, that's a wild because I've always, I mean, that's what we've kind of always been told too, right? It's like, it's an age thing. And I was that 18 year old that just my body couldn't process it. It was just immediately sick the next day. I didn't need to drink much. And 
That's one of the reasons why I don't drink much now is because my body yeah. just doesn't respond well to it. But it sounds like I just needed liver flush. Yeah, I mean, it's more that like it's it's a lot more than that, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. kind of looking at like, yes, there's a lot of congestion, but then also looking into, you know, what emotions are you storing in your liver? Like, why is your liver um like what's going on there? Like, do you have inflammation? Do you have any parasites? Do you have any like viral viral stuff going on? Like like sometimes when I'm on this health journey and and being a coach, like every door I open, there's 10 more. And I'm like, like the more I learn, the more I learn, learn that I know absolutely nothing. (laughs) Right. And I I think, I think that like, especially if you're a coach and you're a space holder in this industry, like you have to have such a like humble approach to it. Because when I look at medical doctors, I, I look at people that are really good at what they do they literally just so identify with what they're teaching and what they're believing in is that they completely close themselves off to like everything else that's out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's no one way to roam. I think that there's so many different ways and modalities that you can heal. And, you know, you, you hear of people healing cancer by meditating, you hear of people healing cancer by doing liver flushes. Like it's not about what you do. It's about what you believe in that works. And what resonates with your body at that given time. So I think that, you know, when it comes to cleansing and it comes to detoxing, and this is something that I really practice with my clients as well is like, are you ready? Like, is your body asking for this or is, are you asking for this because society tells you that you should be doing this and, and really learning to tap into the wisdom that your body carries. And, um, a big thing that I utilize with myself, but also with clients is like, like utilizing things like muscle testing and like having ways to actually ask your body, like, what do you need? And and is this an alignment for me and feel, you know, when like, when you're at the grocery store, like, how do you choose if you want chicken or you want beef? Like, how do you actually know what's right for your body in this moment? And like understanding how you can feel that and what that difference feels like. And when you kind of fine tune your instrument like that, you'll know exactly what's going on. And, and you also understand what's right for you and what isn't, but it's cause like, the health industry is a tough space to navigate. Like everyone will have a different cleanse, a different supplement, a different answer. So it's really just finding what resonates with your body. Yeah. I think that we are finding that a lot too, especially with social media being so prominent, all this different advice of like water's bad for you. Broccoli's bad for you. Don't eat this. Mm -hmm. Don't drink that. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're just so many people are feeling like, because they haven't done proper research themselves or as you're talking about like the intuition, like not, they don't know how to tap into the innate wisdom that's within and they just feel so confused. And then they give up and they just decide to eat Taco Bell instead. So they're like, well, it's all bad for me. I might as well just eat the bad thing anyways. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned to the, what, what emotional blocks are happening in the liver. So tell me a little bit about that. Or like there's certain motions that typically get blocked in the liver versus maybe like another part of the body. Yeah. Yeah. So if we look at like body mapping systems and and Chinese medicine approaches, um, there's different emotions that get stored in different organs. So each organ will have their corresponding emotions that are typically, um, getting blocked within that organ. So uh, if we look at everything as energy, like everything has a symbolism, right? Like you have your left side of your body, which is your feminine side and your right side of your body, which is your masculine side. So when we look at body mapping, if you're someone that says, Hey, the left side of my face always breaks out. This is when I would look with clients and actually see like, okay, well, 
how's your relationship to your mom? How's your relationship to the feminine? Like, where can you integrate more of your feminine practices? And so always the symptoms that your body is showing you, they have a certain significance. So when you also understand what do skin issues mean? Skin is our our way of contacting another person. So we have maybe intimacy issues or we have issues connecting to people. And so we can really start to understand where the symptoms are happening in the body and what they correspond with. Liver corresponds with anger and resentment. So if we are someone that is unable to express anger in a healthy way, and it doesn't mean that we have anger issues, right? Like people Mm -hmm. say, I don't have anger issues. In fact, if you say you're not an angry person, you actually have angry issues, <laughs> anger issues, because that means I feel that- so called out right now, <laughs> not, not in the sense of like saying that I don't get angry. Cause I totally do. Um, yeah. lately I've been, I've just naturally feel more anger than usual. And I'm like, yeah. why the fuck am I so angry? Like I, yeah. my husband calls it, I'm being tahini or I'm being like spicy. Like, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm being so spicy lately, but I think, yeah. you know, as you said, I'm like a man, I feel called out. Cause most of my life I was like, no, I'm not really an angry person. I'm, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. always happy. And I think my body is like, bitch, no, no, you're not. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's, and it's not even about, you know, are we angry or not? The answer is really how, how do we have a healthy way to transmute the anger and to healthily feel with and express our anger and deal with our anger and address it where it's not an explosive force, but it's actually a really beautiful, powerful energy that creates boundaries, that creates power and, and understanding how we can tap into that. So I work a lot with emotional release work, which is uh, what I'm trained in as well. And so we actually journey into the subconscious and we'll actually go into the organ or we journey into the block or the symptom that is happening. And we, we have a conversation with it and we look into, you know, what part of you is, is fractured here. Is it maybe like your five-year-old self that is protecting you from something or that was traumatized at this age and really understanding and going back into that part of you and healing the relationship with whoever was involved in that situation. So using a lot of like internal family systems, uh, psychotherapy, psychosomatic work. Um, And it's really, really, really powerful and profound in terms of healing. And once I started integrating this, I completely shifted my, my view on the body and how it's all so connected. And I was like, like if you just address the physical symptoms and you don't actually go into the body and change the blueprint of what caused the symptom in the first place, you're literally not doing anything. Like you're just kind of like scratching the surface and then like the scalp will just come back eventually. Like it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's such a different way of looking at healing and um, yeah. So with, you know, with the liver in particular, I was someone that didn't know how to express their anger. I didn't know how to voice it or feel it. So it was always something that I kept to myself. I was being a nice girl. I wanted people to love me and like me and um, specifically being bullied like my entire childhood. You know, there's there's an ang- ang- like there's anger in response to being bullied in response to being shut down. And where does that anger go if you don't know how to deal with it or how to express it? it goes into your liver and then your liver gets hit and it gets hit again and it gets hit again. And then this is why I think that, you know, at such a young age, I started getting digestive issues and I even attracted this low vibrational environment for like hundreds of parasites to even thrive in. It's because my liver was already energetically at a really low state, like it wasn't functioning properly. And and so that's kind of how I think that, you know, 
when there's two people and two people get exposed to molds, one person gets sick and the other doesn't. And it's because their symptom is a lot, or their, their vessel is a lot stronger. And so we can look at the energetics. We can look at genetics. We can look at, you know, um, emotions, environmental stuff, like, but I think that emotions have a really, really big, big cause in that, all of that. Mm. I wonder if that is potentially has something to do with my liver then in regards of like, you know, not being able to process alcohol in middle school. I got, I got bullied a lot in middle school. Cause I was a new girl in my city, at my state, but I was very tomboy in like seventh grade. I broke the boys and girls pull up record. I did gymnastics. I was very competitive gymnastics. I did really well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a badass. And then all the boys started making fun of me at school. I had a mm-hmm. super twangy accent because I came from Alabama to Florida. Um, so I wonder if that maybe is like hidden, hidden anger in mm-hmm. maybe my liver because I didn't know how to express it. And my mom always called yeah. me very, uh, emotional, which my son signs a cancer. If we want to get into like that spectrum right, of right, it, right. Yeah. but I think there probably was a lot of those situations was, which then if I think about it led into trying to fit in versus finding mm-hmm. the people in my life that I was naturally gravitated to. So I wonder yeah. if that's a process of my liver. It can definitely, it can, it can be a lot, you know, like obviously it's really hard to just by that say, oh, it's your liver. It's, it's right. why, <laughs> it's why your liver is toxic. Like it's, it's like so it's, many different things. There's so many different things, you know, it's like, what were you raised? What were you consuming? What were your parents doing? Like, you know, even like we have, we have our parents stuff. We take it on. It's like epigenetic stuff. And, you know, I'm like, well, how was my mom expressing her anger? How was, how was my dad being able to express himself? Right. It's like, it goes far beyond us. And if you're on this path and you really, really want to heal, then we have the, um, like we need to heal the stuff that was given to us, even, even if it wasn't by choice, you know, like, and, the beautiful thing about that work is that when you heal it in yourself, you actually heal it in your past generations as well. And I never understood what that meant until I actually saw it happening, like breaking through, you know, generational scarcity wounds and trauma and really healing my relationship to money and what that means that actually allowed my parents to heal their relationship with money and get out of their, um, get out of their poverty because I was healing it. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how that just translates into like past generations. And when you get really deep into that kind of work, it's so powerful. And and you also start to understand that we need to start taking responsibility for everything in our lives, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's, I hear so many people that say, I can't have a good relationship to my parent because they're X, Y, Z, and they just don't listen to me. And I was like, Have you actually gone inside and changed that narrative, changed that story and healed that relationship from within? Because if you do that, it's all energy. They feel that. So now you're bringing a different energy into the relationship. And um, that is like a really big piece that I think is missing in like so many healing modalities. And, And even in a lot of like psychotherapy, it's like, we're always making other people bad and saying like, well, they traumatized us and now we have to do this. And I'm like, everything happens for a reason. And if we just take hyper responsibility for everything in our lives, like we have the power to literally change anything. Mm. I love that perspective because you hear so much about being like, I'm going to break the generational curses for the generations to come. 
You mm-hmm. don't hear people talk about it in the current generations that are behind you, like, you know, your parents, grandparents, great grandparents, and other timelines or other dimensions, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it's a really unique way to say that. And it's funny because I feel like there's so many, I love, I just love the way life works. You just see so many connect the dots. Like someone says something and you're like, that's interesting. And someone says something very similar in another way. And you're like, what's the message that I'm supposed to be receiving here? I think when we hear things multiple times, my, one of my friends who is currently staying with us, she did a 30 day gratitude with her mom, her Mm -hmm. cousin and her grandmother. Wow. And she said the energy that has shifted within her has gone into her mother and has shifted within her grandmother. And her mother was like, can you keep doing that with your grandmother? And now hearing you say that I, it just brings a whole new light. Cause I have a young mom too. My mom is 45. I had to think about how she is. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I got a long time with her. So yeah. my healing is only going to help her and whatever, maybe she doesn't heal because she's kind of chosen not to go the personal yeah. development route, which is, you know, her decision. And I fully support her in that. But that's a really interesting concept. And do you think a lot of that is just because of maybe like in your case, like your parents, are they feeling inspired by seeing what you're doing and kind of learning from you? Or what do you think that is? It's far beyond that. It's actually healing. It's all energetic, right? It's healing right. the karmic, the karmic loop that is going on. It's healing this, like, um, the energy or the energetic block that I was born into this world with, right? Like if I was born into this world, like if you look at things from an energy perspective and beyond just like what you observe or what you teach, right? It's kind of like, for example, a lot of my blocks, especially in relationships, they were not mine. I and mean, I've actually gone back into journeys and into memories that I took on my mom's fear of rejection and my mom's separation wound when my parents were separated during pregnancy. So like, it's not just what I pick up when I was like five years, you know, like ages two, two to seven, whatever they say that you, you pick a lot up. It's way before that. It's the energy that you are born into the thoughts that are going on in your mom's mind. And, and, you know, she was born into that with the thoughts that were going on in your, in your grandparents, in your grandparents' minds. And, and, if you go even beyond that, it's like, we are carrying the eggs for future generations already when we are born. Right. So then like, if my mom had these thoughts, like what her great, like her great grandmother was thinking. And so like, it just, you have to just really like bring it all out to then understand like, wow, it's all within me right now. And that means that it's all connected to me somehow. And we're all energetically connected. And if you just completely let go of this idea of time and space, then there is no past and no future and present. It's only right now. So if you heal this right now, then that heals it in another being that is connected to you. And and so partially it could be, you know, you could say like, maybe they feel inspired, but if I didn't have a connection to them in the physical world right now, or, or when I hear people that say, how can I heal the relationship with my parent that have, has passed away? It's you still can, and you still can deepen that relationship because they are always around you. Like their energy and their connection to you will always be there. And so it's the same thing with past relationships, past lovers. Like you can go in, into this energetic space into the symbolic space within your own body where this energy resides and and so really trying to understand 
Like, if I think about this person, where in my body do I feel this? Where is this connection? Where is this, this tie or this cord? And can I go in and can I converse with this person and say what wasn't expressed or hear what they have to say to me and really like visualize myself healing this relationship? And then that wound or that, that energetic block within you starts healing. And that is really where the healing happens. It happens in our bodies, through our bodies. And that's how they eventually like will manifest into the physical world. But it's, it's really cool to, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. How has this allowed you to move through life leading more from a place of love than fear? Because I think fear is very prominent in today's day and age. I don't think obviously the news is a, a portion of that. That's mm-hmm. kind of the news's job is to show the bad, not always the good. But yeah. I think social media has caused people to be live in a lot of fear too. So, mm-hmm. you know, healing those those different blocks, he, doing the detoxes, the lower flushes, how has this allowed you just to kind of show up with more love? Yeah, so it all just brings you back to yourself. And again, it just goes back to that hyper-responsibility we are so outwardly focused in in this day and age. We're only, we're always looking at, you know, things like the news or the fear in the world and we let ourselves get impacted by it. But there's like nothing external means anything until you have an internal interpretation or an internal connection to it. So for me, it's like, how can I strengthen this internal connection? And for some people, that means their connection to God, to source, to the universe, like whatever they want to name that connection if people that are completely not spiritual or not religious at all maybe it's just a connection to self and to my emotions and to something that is bigger than you right like this like this force that is coming through you and that wants to come through and so anything that you can do to cultivate that relationship is going to cause you to have the relationship with your romantic partnership with your parent with your mom in your business like there's no other way to get what you want, truly what you want, than to do the inner work. Like that's all you need to focus on. And I, I hear so many people, like clients of mine that would then be like, but I have to like go on dates and I have to keep trying and I have to put myself out there. And I'm like, no, if you go inside and you actually heal this wound that you have, your partner is going to just randomly run into you on the street and you're going to be like, oh, wow. Oh, that is the most true statement I have ever heard. It's, it it it's, happens yeah. when you least expect it when you do the inner work. My my husband was my best friend for a year and a half. And I was like, everyone would be like, are you sure like nothing's happened between you guys? And I'm like, no. I would look at them almost with disgust, which is really yeah. funny to think about now. But yeah. I was like, no. Oh my gosh, no. He's just my friend. And you know, I took six months to be single and just date myself and go in and do the inner works. And um, it just kind of happened. It just like popped up in my eyes and it was this new light. And, um, and so that's, that's this whole idea, right? It's like, we cannot see our soulmate Mm -hmm. until we go to that depth within ourselves and until we draw that person in. And that is the most, it's like the, the most important. That's why timing, you know, people talk about timing and like connecting to people, like nothing that is not meant for you can pass you by like if something's truly meant for you and that is a relationship or a job or you know money like friendships whatever 
it's going to keep knocking on your door until you can't, you can't eat. Like it's just going to knock your door open. So (laughs) we don't have to do anything. We don't have to decide on anything. Like even with things like right now where I get an intuitive impulse and my mind is still like, Oh, I don't know about that one. That sounds a little scary. Like (laughs) maybe maybe I'll wait on that for a moment. I'm like, okay, just give me another sign. And then the signs will come and then the signs will get louder until you just have to act on it. Right. And, and that's sometimes when you think about like, Oh, wait, that person just popped in my mind. Maybe I should message them. And like everything happens for a reason. And if you can just trust that there's this bigger source guiding you and just come back to a place of love and like loving yourself and your body every single day, then all you will see is beauty in the world outside of you as well. And and people just get so outwardly focused, but it's really about cultivating the beauty within and the love within and that all starts with how you talk to yourself from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you fall asleep. What do you do to prioritize yourself? How can you be more into the, into your femininity, into your flow? Like, how can you be less rigid and less like, this is how society wants me to show up and this is what I need to do. And just like really tap into into this wisdom, into your intuition. And I know that that's a process because we are so disconnected from our bodies. But anytime that you see fear, it's just a test for you to choose love, like anytime. So if you see war, if you see things like instead of, instead of going into this fear and making it a bigger problem and choosing a side or even, even responding to it and not choosing a side, in my opinion, like the biggest thing to do right there would just be I choose love and I'm going to send so much love. I'm going to pray for everyone involved. And I'm going to just like what I'm going to do to show my participation in this world is to up level my consciousness and to spread more love and to have every single person that I meet, I'm going to somehow inspire them and somehow lift up the energy and the vibration of the world. Cause like, it's just this like bottomless pit. If we, if we fight, if we feed into the fear, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. So, so that's really my opinion about everything. Like even your own health, like instead of just listening to like doctors that will give you a certain diagnosis or that will say, Oh my God, you have to do this. And you have to be like, stop, pause, just choose love. Just know that everything right now is happening divinely for you. And this is an opportunity for you to choose love. And whenever someone says to you something or they blame, or they put a label on you and say like diagnosis are the worst labels they're just like you have this and now you're doomed with it forever just choose love mm-hmm. and just say i appreciate your opinion no no i'm gonna go my own route it's not my reality and and that's how you can shift anything absolutely i love that too i and i love what you say of like the diagnosis of being like no i choose love something that um I, one of the things I feel like is anxiety. Everyone's kind of diagnosing themselves with anxiety, for example, and that creates a lot of fear in the body, a lot of uproar and everything else. And I am one who tends to feel anxious at times. A lot of that I've healed through, you know, the healing journey, through holistic medicines, through psychedelics mm-hmm. and just like doing the inner work. A lot of that anxiety has deciphered. Sometimes it comes up and I'm like, whoa, where is that coming from? But then I just sit with it and just trust and like, love myself first kind of going at it with fear, but something that I made a, made myself promise to myself because it started coming up middle school is when it around the time 
know, the hormones start pumping, everything's kind of coming in. And the one thing that I always said is like, I'm never going to say that I am someone with anxiety. I'm just someone that has anxious thoughts sometimes or anxious feelings or, mm-hmm. you know, moments. And I think that's been one of the most healing things I ever did for myself at a young age. And Beautiful. I'm really proud that I trusted my intuition at a really yeah. young age on that uh, because I think it's very easy to look at these situations in our life and think like, oh my gosh, I have to fix this. Like what's going on? And I, I'm so guilty of that myself. Even I have my moments even to this day where that happens. But um, I love when I can get back grounded and kind of, you know, go back to that version of myself that felt the overwhelming sense of emotion and kind of give her a hug and just like love her and yes. give her compassion and choosing the love because love is the highest frequency and it is the most healing of them all. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And and I completely agree with what you say. Like our thoughts and our words matter so much more than we know. And so if you're constantly telling people, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, your mind just keeps replaying this. I'm sick. Oh my God, I need to create all these all these inflammatory responses. Cause I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. Right. Like it's just the, the mind takes anything. So right. how can you shift every single narrative? Like this is also, I was actually talking to a client about this today. It's like, why is it so normal for us to call up our friends and complain about stuff? What if we would start to call our friends and would say, I feel so good today. I'm so in love. I signed on a new client. I got this beautiful business opportunity. I'm thriving. Like now we're actually giving our body more joy, more love, more, more abundance. And that's what it's, that's how we manifest more of it. So I would actually say like the negative stuff, like when you want to complain, when you feel negativity, when you feel like in this like victim mentality, process it with yourself, like sit in it, process it, and then shift the narrative. Because when you get to share in a co-created space of love and excitement, it's so much more powerful than a co-created space of like, fear and, and complaints and anxiety. And obviously I don't mean like when you have anxiety and you have fear and you have these things, like it's really good to have a sounding board, but after you have a sounding board, it's also good to move on and not to hold on to this, like this idea. So, yeah. Yeah. I call it the five minute rule. Like yes, whenever yeah. you feel something, allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you need to feel for five minutes. And especially if it's not going to matter and five years, five days, just let it go. But giving the space to feel it and moving on, it's just so healing. Um, Do you think it's the parasites that are controlling (laughs) the mind in that capacity? (laughs) I think so. I I know in myself, like parasites, microorganisms, like mineral imbalances, like I think so much, right? when we look at anxiety and depression, like I've never battled with anxiety before until I got COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. and I started getting panic attacks and, uh, heart palpitations and all this scary stuff happening. And I recognize that for me, it was not a dis-ease of the mind. It was very much a dis-ease of the body and the, the minerals and vitamins that COVID had depleted and how it reawakened old viral stuff in my body. And so, it's really just like the body giving a response to say something is like something is off, something's not good. And I'm giving an anxious response. And that's why I think it's like for most people, depression and anxiety, I think starts either in the gut, it starts in mineral imbalances, it starts with vitamin deficiencies, uh, parasites, like 
there's so many like mycotoxins, people with mold have terrible anxiety and depression. Um, so yeah, when people have panic attacks or anxiety, I'm like, you know, let's look at your heavy metals. Let's look at your mycotoxins. Let's look at your parasites because when our bodies are in a state of homeostasis and alignment, these feelings don't just come up. Like they have to come from somewhere. You know, it's like, we don't, we're not born into this world with a sick mind. It's just like, we're born into this world with sick bodies mm-hmm. and the, the consciousness just, it, it responds to what's going on in the body. And so, it, you know, it does, it does mean that like, if you have, like, I personally had PTSD after um, something happened with my body. And then, you know, my, it's obviously I have to do the, the work to retrain my nervous system and to gain back the trust with my body. And that is very different when, but still like, there's just this connection between the mind and the body. And so like, how can you close that gap and to constantly communicate with your body and say, it's okay. I got you. Like nothing's going on. We don't have to worry. Like I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. And, and just reconnect, reconnect that. Um, and, and just understand, like, are you giving it everything that it needs? Like, are you giving it the right minerals, the right vitamins? Are you taking care of it? Well, are you sleeping enough? Um, you know, people that are on social media a lot, and then have anxiety. It's like a real disease. It's a real disease. It's like, you know, your serotonin is completely like depleted and you're constantly getting flooded with like dopamine and like, you're just an addict. Right. And then Mm. at night you can't sleep because like flickering lights, like too much information, too much stimuli. I'm like, put your phone down, get into nature, have like an hour, two hours of a nighttime routine, take a nice bath. Like now let's look at your anxiety again. Right. It's like, like, we chill out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, there is, there's so much stimulation in the world. And, um, I like to do like a dopamine drip. So like little things throughout the day that make me excited. Like if I, you know, my morning coffee, like after I get my sunlight and I have my breakfast, I'm like, Ooh, my coffee. like finding the little things that absolutely spike some of that dopamine in you that you get too excited. So you're not sitting there like needing it from your soul sucking phone, which I mean, I love technology to its capacity. And I think it's really amazing, really beneficial. And I love to see, you know, where it's going in the future and where it has came from. It's really amazing. But just like anything, there there just needs to be a balance and it's finding balance within alignment in yourself, with your health, um, the technology use and just, just everything. Um, yeah. Ava, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, something I do with all the guests at the end of every episode is what is a one piece of an audience? If there's anything from today's episode or anything maybe you didn't say, what's that one piece of wisdom that you would love to leave with the audience that they hope they take away from this? Yeah, I think the one thing is I think a a really big thing that I always see is that people start shaming themselves for choices that they make in this, this whole health industry and whole self-help journey. And I think that when you can understand that any choice that you make is the right choice for you, if you believe that it is, it calms down so much. And I, I see it a lot with people that are getting so into this, like, I have to heal. I have to heal my thoughts. This is a bad pattern. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm in this pattern again. I can't believe I just ate this. Right. It's like, you're making the cycle worse. And I think having a lot of self-compassion as you navigate this journey is the biggest piece. Like there are nights where I'm like, 
you know what? I'm so in touch with my emotions, but tonight I'm going to bake a whole sheet of brownies and I'm going to eat them. And I'm going to just like fully (laughs) release all the guilt and all the shame because then I can show up a better person tomorrow. Cause right now it's actually like, that's, what's giving me most energy. It's not yeah. just like being disciplined, good, like well, very masculine, whatever. And it's the same thing when like in relationships and you, you notice certain patterns and you keep going back to them, like have some compassion for yourself. Like you're always doing the best that you can. And I like to say that if you go back to an old pattern, there's still lessons in there. And so really every single time that you feel yourself wanting to say, I should have, I could have, I should have done this, or I could have eaten that instead of this, or why did I do that? Just be pause, breathe, show yourself some compassion. Just be like, it's okay. Like it was part of my journey. It had to happen. Maybe tomorrow I'll make a different choice. Maybe not. And it's all, it's all perfect. And like, yeah, but that's the biggest thing on my journey. Like I wish I could have just given myself like less guilt, less regret, less shame, and just like fully allow myself to be in those moments of like, I need the comfort. I'm going to go back to an old relationship. I'm going to go back to, you know, an episode of binge eating, but like letting go of the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I absolutely agree with that as well. If there's one thing, if I, I don't regret anything, in life, I think everything has a purpose, everything has a reason. But if there's one thing I could have changed was how much I guilted and shamed myself on the journey for just having a human fucking experience. Like you're, we're here to learn the lessons. We're here to mess things up and we're not here to be perfect. And just, just enjoying that and embodying that every second of the way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Ava, pimp yourself out. Let everyone know where they can find you. How can they connect with you? What are you offering? Give them the tea. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess most of my offerings you can find like most of obviously like the content that I post as well on my Instagram. So that's my first dot last name. Um, right now, like my biggest offerings are, I have my one-on-one coaching program, which is three months in which we really just address everything in depth that we just kind of went into the emotional piece, healing your relationship to food, like, but it can go as deep as you want, right? Like healing, healing family patterns, all that stuff, or deeply detoxing, healing digestive symptoms. And then um, I work with the seven day detoxes, which address intestinal and liver cleanses as well. I do those as a seven day guided cleanse. So that's another offering I have. And I'm also offering that in group format, the next group starting January 8th, I believe the date is. So anyone that wants, you know, like a lower tier offering, but still really effective detox and wants to do it with a level of accountability. That's a really fun way to do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually in the works of launching my own podcast as well. And Yay. just I know it's so, so exciting. So, you know, <laughs> just, just keep, keep following along, like sharing all the little nuggets in my newsletters as well. So for people that enjoyed this, you can always reach out to me directly with questions, email me. Like I'm very responsive and I love questions and, um, and just interest. So yeah, that's, that's all. Wonderful. And I'll have all of that linked in the show notes for your, the, everyone that's listening as well. So it's super easy to find you. They don't have to worry about going to search anything. You just got to scroll down and literally click the link and you'll be able to get connected with Ava. And definitely I would recommend t- probably taking advantage of that challenge starting in the new year. I think you know, January 8th, it's perfect time to kick off 2024. Instead of setting this really crazy new year's resolution, you're just sitting here and cleansing your body for the year to come and 
cleansing all the shit that was in it in 2023 <laughs> and probably way before that too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ava, thank you again for being here. It has been such a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with someone you know, someone you love. Hell, maybe even share it to your social media and make sure to tag me at Abby Mewborn, A-B-B-E-Y-M-E-W-B-O-U-R-N-E. So I can give you a huge thank you because without you sharing, without you leaving a five-star review and leaving a written review, I could not continue to be on this path and grow and impact more people without your support. All right. See you next time.